see a bonnet. I see the helmet of salvation. You see an army green shirt. I see the breastplate of righteousness. I see the belt of truth and the sandals of peace. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and the shield of faith. And I've come to the battleground covered in the blood of Jesus. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. We're on episode 115. What you just heard was a live recording from the infamous Derek Jackson's wife, who decided to give her testimony on Instagram Live. I, look, there's... <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I'm just giving y'all jokes. That's it. That I'm. I, we're gonna go down a whole analytical um, rabbit hole, but I gotta get these jokes off. I gotta get these jokes off. I, there is just so much to unpack here, and I want to talk about initially his his audacity to allow his and i'm saying the word allow purposefully here because i think with this marriage what it what it presents to me at least is that there is this hierarchy there is this level of control and she as his wife looks to him as this has a savior complex has this idol and that is obviously problematic that is obviously just alarming but when we can we just talk about the bonnet you hear me did did you hear me clear enough can we just talk about the bonnet and it's not even just oh she wore a bonnet the first in the first video but she decided to wear it again in another video and I think she's a pretty girl. I think she's a pretty girl. I don't think anything's wrong with her as far as her looks uh, to, per se. But I, I think there is just a level of decorum one should present themselves as when they are in front of company. You know, like there's when you're at home, of course, you are homey, right? And they're obviously at their home when they gave this announcement they're obviously comfortable in their space like sure that's fine but you are going to be on instagram live this is basically a press conference and you decide to come on looking disheveled like are you trying to escape from him in two hours and you just trying to not look like you are are you trying to look incognito what's going on but the bonnet, and people say, oh, it's not a bonnet, it's a crochet top. It doesn't fucking matter. The fact that you have that on your head right now. And again, when you're home, wear as you please, be comfortable, of course. Like, when I'm in my home, I, well, most of the time I'm naked. I just, like, I just like to be in my skin. I don't like too much clothes. I don't like layers. So you wouldn't even dare find me wearing jeans in my home chilling. Like that's just, ooh, what, what are we doing? But to, to be decked out in, I felt like she put somewhat of an effort, but was like, okay, you know what, <laughs> this is me. And 
I don't want to say this has anything to do with him possibly cheating. I think ultimately he's a narcissist. I think ultimately he is someone who thrives off of women who are naive, women who are submissive, women who are quiet and meek. And this is what his wife presents herself as. Like, this is what she comes across for me, in my opinion. So this is a prime target. And this is also someone who he's been with for years. So th there's many years of this type of uh, relationship dynamic between them. He probably saw her as a great prospect to to wife up like, okay this is a good girl this is a good christian girl this is an ideal woman to be my wife now when i cheat on you though those girls are not going to look like you because ultimately i'm not really attracted to you i'm attracted to controlling you i'm attracted to being your your leader your your master in a way i'm attracted to being your voice and your mouthpiece i'm not really attracted to you being the woman that god has called you to be instead i want to stifle you and i feel like in this marriage and look i don't know i'm just like you know has everyone else has been commenting i'm just like commenting on what i could tell from what is being shown, the little bits that we do know, it just comes across that he is not much of a man to be comfortable with his woman, his woman in particular. Because there's men who may have female friends who are loud, boisterous, you know, full in who they are and the identity. But sometimes those same men who may have friends, female friends like that, they are not comfortable having their wives, having their girlfriends, having, you know, the main person in their life being as vocal, being as bold, being as strong as, as they could be, as they could be. And he's seeing her, his wife, as a, a prime target. Again, they've been together for years, according to what I've read and what I've heard. So there's this... Um, there's this lack of desire I feel like he has for her to blossom more into her fullness. I feel like she's one of those women who are or who have been taught by the church that your identity is intertwined with your ability to get a husband your ability to become a wife or good wife and bear children and although there's a verse in the bible that talks about he who finds a wife finds a good thing it's really been embedded into many christian girls that he who finds a husband is worthy he who or she, she who finds a husband is worthy. She who finds a man who chooses to love her is worthy. And our worth has been so intertwined with the love of a man. The love of a fucking man. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I talk about this a lot on my podcast. So this is nothing but 
just a blessing, right? More of this conversation happening because more of these conversations need to happen. Because we don't talk about enough about the just the psychological warfare that it's had for many Christian girls. And this is really a, 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 call, a cry out, a cry out for Christian girls to step outside of their church bubble, to step outside of this perceived reality, this perceived notion of how their future should look like, and really get to know who they are. Really get to know, what do you like to do for fun? What are some hobbies you want to dive into? What are some ways you could be more happy with who you are rather than be happy with the attachment of a man to you? When I moved to Houston, this was my opportunity to break free. And it sounds so cultish, right? Like, damn, girl, what the fuck? I, like, don't, don't get me wrong. My church family that I grew up with will always be that. But oftentimes when you stay stuck in a, in a circle, in a, in a bubble that is only the same type of people, right? We only have the same beliefs. There's no challenge. There's no opportunity to get to know other people. Um, I don't think I ever really, have I met gay people when I was younger? Like I, I never befriended a gay person. There was one girl in my church who, that bitch was gay. <laughs> And she later turned out to be gay or really, you know, step out the closet later on. Um, But growing up, that wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. So really just being around people who only taught or only thought like you, who only said the same things, who only exercised the same beliefs, it it becomes redundant. It becomes boring. It becomes just just sad like this is this is this is it this is life this can't be it so prior to me moving to Houston I was always not always but I was thinking for a long time I want more this there has to be more out there and whatever that more is it wasn't even in the terms of luxury I was thinking about because I'm not that girl who focuses a lot on luxury Though it's nice, but that's not really who I am. I'm talking about like experience. I'm talking about conversations. I'm talking about connections and relationships with people who are just just more. I just want to, I want something more than this. And the, the more that I've experienced since living on my own, since living in a whole new area, a whole new town, has been amazing. This has been the best move yet. And... I would not have become more of the woman that I am, more of the self-sufficient, independent, strong, mentally mentally strong, emotionally well person that I am today had I not moved here. And I share that because there are a lot of Christian girls and Christian young women who are still trapped in this world that is only with the same folks who have the same ideas, who who walk the same, who talk the same. It's, and I'm not trying to, maybe I am trying to belittle a lot of church folks or church rhetoric, 
But I think when you step out of something, you really get to see things for more of what they are or what they perceive to be. And, like, okay, let me just uh, be more specific. So, okay, I think about, like, the way I was when I was in my first adult relationship and my, that's been the only adult relationship I've had. Um, that was like an official relationship. I was with him for a year and I was with him because he was good on paper. He was good on paper. He was engaging to just, uh, the masses. He had this, um, charismatic and very, he was very egocentric to be honest with you. Um, but at the time I just saw it as, oh, well, he, he garners a crowd and people like him. Okay, good. People like him. Okay. He's good for me. That's how I justified staying in a relationship with someone who I wasn't attracted to at the fuck all. Like if I, could think about all the niggas I've been with since and prior to him, which hasn't been, no, there's been some niggas prior to him. Um, But all the niggas I've been to, all the niggas I've been with, I've been more attracted to all of them than I have with that guy. And yet I was in a relationship with him for a full year, a solid year, and I stayed in it much longer than I wanted to much longer than I knew I needed to, especially because I would notice my body react negatively when I was around him. What do you mean, Maxine, child? When, and mind you, I'm more in tune with my body now, but I remember when I would think back, like, damn, I remember how my body reacted when I was about to pull up to his house. One time I was walking up to his house. I parked, I parked. In his uh, driveway, I walked up to the the top level, and he owned a house. Let's talk about that. He owned his house, like he was just good on paper. Like, oh, he's a he's a house owner. He's a homeowner, and I was just so fixated on how he looked and how I would look with him. So, I walk up to the to his top, and he had tenants too. So his um. His unit was the top level, and he had tenants in the lower level. So I walk up to the, the to the uh, to, to the top level, and I'm noticing I'm getting annoyed already. Mind you, nothing happened. There was no argument prior to me coming over. There was I didn't stub my toe. I, I didn't, you know, run out of gas. All of a sudden, I had to, you know, walk there. No, no, no. Everything was fine. <laughs> Everything was seemingly fine. But as soon as I opened the front door to enter the the front entrance and then walk up the steps to his third to the third floor to his unit, I was just annoyed. I was just like, oh. Why am I here? What am I doing? And I felt my stomach turn. I felt my chest t- getting tight. I was not fucking happy, dog. Like I was, I think about that time. I was like, what the hell? And I was just, I told myself, and I had to talk to myself. It was like, there was two me's. There was two me's in this situation. The the real me coming out like, girl, what are we doing? I'm not happy here. Like, let's walk out. Let's leave. Let's end this thing. And then the other me who was wanting to 
to fit this role that I thought I needed to fit as this good Christian girl and this girl who finally got a boyfriend and whose identity has been met now that I have this relationship and he he's met my parents and he's intertwined with my family at least enough where they know him and I just felt like this obligation that's what it is I felt this obligation and I have been running away from obligation from niggas ever since. <laughs> if I feel any, if I even hear the word obligation, I'm going to walk away. What? Because what, huh? that brings me back to that relationship. Like, I felt obligated to stay with him because of this idea that I had in my head that was penetrated in me since I was young. So anyway, I walk up there, my, my stomach is tight, my chest is tight, I'm annoyed. <laughs> walk in, open the door, because the door was already open, well, it was unlocked for me, he knew I was coming over, and he greets me at the door, this little leprechaun comes up before me, because um, <laughs> he's a leprechaun, he's short, guys, and um... I'm just annoyed. Like, everything about him I was not attracted to. Everything about him. Aside from the fact that he looked good on paper. But other than that, I was not attracted to him at all. And I would remember every time he would kiss me, I would force myself to be into it. Like, okay, well, at least he has these, like, plump lips which I did like. Okay, cool. I like a plump lip. Plump lip, plump lip ass nigga. That's cool. But he was the worst kisser of all kissers. You know those kissers that would just stick their tongue out and not do, like you wouldn't massage my, my, my tongue. Instead, you just stick the tongue out and you just stand there. He was those types of kissers. It was the weirdest thing. And I had another kisser after him. One guy I dated here in Houston, like, three years ago, who would kiss me the same way as this guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. I got to go. And that didn't work. So, yeah, so I, he greeted me with the kiss. And I'm over here just hating this kiss. But let me just smile. Let me just suck it up. And there's been mo many times in that relationship where I just tried I tried to make myself to make my body respond to him you know how they will show episodes you know on a show of a girl not being fulfilled sexually by her boyfriend or even just a date that she's been on and the guy's eating her out and she having to fake it that was me Every like the, those storylines were based off of me, huh? Every time he would eat me out, y'all, I would just lay there like, "What the fuck?" 
And at the time, I wasn't experienced as much as I am now. Not to sound like a hoe, but I didn't have much of a voice. That's really what it was. It's not about experience. I didn't have much of a voice in understanding my body and under, or even just speaking up on what works for me and what doesn't. Like, I wasn't vocal enough to push his head towards the right. Or I wasn't vocal enough to say, you know, take your time. Instead, I just sucked it up. And I remember this one time, he was eating me out, y'all. And it was late. It was late enough for me, because at the same time, as much as I, like, I was younger then. I was right off, like, a year out of undergrad. So I was, when I graduated, I graduated 18, 18 to 4, 22. Okay, so a year after, I graduated 22, yeah. And then a year later, 23, that's when I was with him. Um, so I was 23, I didn't have that much experience. I wasn't too vocal. But, you know, you know when something feels right and when something doesn't. Yeah, he never felt right. <laughs> what, what, are we, what are you doing down there? This is not going well. So he never felt right. And I'm laying there. It's what's it was like 10 30 and that's what I was trying to say earlier. So I'm 23, even though I'm still young, I didn't really I'm not like, I like to stay out too late. I just like to go home. I like to just be comfortable in my, I'm a homebody most of the time. I do like a good night out, but I'm, I'm gonna go back home. Like, I don't care how late out I am, right? I don't care if I'm at someone's house, we had a barbecue and we're having a good time and that person, that friend invites me to just stay over if, you know, if I need to. I'll I'll be going back home. Like I'm gonna go back to my bed, to the comfort of my bed, to the comfort of my environment. I have my nighttime routine. I like to watch little YouTube videos prior to going to sleep. Like I have my thing. Okay. So it was late, like probably 10:45, which was late to me. And I'm laying there, and he's been eating me out for a good 15 minutes, y'all. 15, one five, I said. And I'm just laying there like, oh my gosh. It's either I fake it and leave, or I just be like, I, I gotta go and just push his head off. Which one? Which one do you do? <laughs> so what did I do? I just said, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> I had to go. And this nigga was so clingy so clingy he was and i think about like you know how i would talk about narcissism and how boston bay was a nar well is a narcissist according to my experience with him i know i'm not a a you know a doctor to tell that but that nigga's a narcissist um i recognize that with that what should I call him? Leprechaun, Leprechaun Bay. Let's call him Leprechaun Bay. With Leprechaun Bay, he was a narcissist. He was a narcissist, and I'm I'm still like debunking that. Not debunk. I'm still like unpacking that because I've I've since moved. Like I, it took me two weeks to mourn that relationship when it ended. My dad helped me with that. He was like, look, you've been crying for three days now. You got to move on. <laughs> I think I cried for a full week. And he was like, okay, we got to get over it. <laughs> and I was over it. And that made me realize that, okay, I never really was that into him. 
I never really was happy with him and this was my way out and I'm finally happy that it's over. So two weeks was enough. And um, I think about that relationship very rarely. So I haven't really spent time unpacking it or still thinking about him and crying. And there's never been moments when I would think about him and be like, oh, my gosh, I miss when he used. I haven't thought about that nigga since those two weeks. As soon after we broke up, the two weeks after that I spent mourning that break breakup, I was over it. I haven't thought about him since. Okay. Now, if that's not a sure, sure tell sign that you wasn't really into somebody. Two weeks? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what is. So I never really gave him much thought or much analysis about whether or not he was this narcissist. But then when I think about how he was in the relationship, he was all about himself. It was all about him. He love bombed me. He was definitely an example of a love bomb type of narcissist. Well, narcissist is known for that. Boston Bay wasn't really much of a love bomb, so though. So that's why it was hard for me to figure out if he was a narcissist or not. But he's a narcissist in other ways for sure. But yeah, with with a uh, Leprechaun Bay, he love bombed me th- as soon as. The first kiss, the first date. He was, I remember when we was just like, you know how you kiss somebody, you kind of in the zone, you know, your endorphins are high. It's a great opportunity to say everything you ever wanted to say ever in life. Like you just say, you say nonsense sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it is real, but sometimes you just say things out your ass. And I remember one time we was laying down. And um, he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just feeling really strong feelings. I'm like, what are you feeling? <laughs> and he looks at me in my eyes and he says, I, I love you. <laughs> and I've never been in love before. And um, that was like, wow, well, this guy, he's great on paper and it seems to be going well and he loves me. Let me just go ahead and go go down with him go go take this leap with him so i said it right back and i thought when you say my this was my first adult relationship i'm 23 at this time i thought when you say i love you it encompasses being in love with that person right like it encompasses all of that it's not just oh hey girl i love you like <laughs> you know like you don't when you say a when you tell a friend that you love them you're not saying that you're in love with them right when you tell a let me be more specific when you're telling a a platonic friend that you're that you love them you're not you're you're obviously not saying you're in love with them but when you're telling someone who you're who you're dating who you've been sleeping with who you've been spending intimate time with that you love them in my head it's obvious that it encompasses in love with that person. Nah, bitch, I was wrong. <laughs> so when I said that, I meant it, or I said it under the pretense of, I'm in love with you. And um, I thought he meant the same thing. I didn't say exactly, I'm in love with you. He just said, I love you, and I said, I love you back. So I just thought it meant, okay, I'm in love with you, that we're in love with each other. 
I remember like a few days later, he's dropping me off home after a date that we went on. And I mentioned something like, oh, I'm in love with you. I, I think I was just being cute and I said that. And he's like, oh, well, you know, there's, 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 do, there's two different type of loves. There's love you and there's in love. And he said how he's not in love with me. Instead, he, he loves me like, like that. And that shit crushed me. I was so, I was just so taken aback because I thought we were in love. <laughs> Hello? You just looked me in my eye. You had a knife to my neck. You said, I'm kidding, no. But you just looked me in my eye. You gave me this death stare. And you're not in love? You just love me? Nigga, fuck you and your love you. What, what is this? So he love bombed me a lot in the beginning and was super romantic, was super just extra, just extra, just trying to be this, this, uh, this showmanship type of guy, trying to be super impressive. He impressed the hell of my, he impressed the hell out of my mom. My dad was impressed by him. Um, he just looked good. He looked good on paper. So it was like, okay, well, this is the relationship I need to be in. This is what I need to stay in. Let's go ahead and just stay in this. Even though I was incredibly unattracted to him. Even though he didn't please me at the fuck all. Now, although I'm not this like... Look, I don't think sex is everything, but it's it's not not everything. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it's uh, something that could... No, let me just be honest. I think it is everything. <laughs> but what I mean by that is I think it's more about a oneness in, in both bodies. Do I feel... Is my body, because I think about my body has this separate entity. It's a part of me, of course, but my body also speaks for itself, right? You know how a man's dick does his own thing, right, according to men? You know, my, my dick was thinking one thing, but my mind was telling me another, you know? That's how I feel about my body. Like, my body responds this way, and my mind responds this way, and my heart responds this way. You know, that's why they say mind, body, and soul. These are separate entities um, encompasses in um, one body, right, in, in this fleshly form. And I think about how my body reacted to him every time. And it was never a positive reaction. I wanted to get the fuck out. But my mind and my heart was trying to persuade in one over my body to to just stay in it. This is the life that you say you want. This is what you think you should be in. So just stay in it. Okay? (laughs) So yeah, anyway, he was eating me out. And I was just not at all pleased. It was it was more than 15. It was 20 minutes at this point. 20 minutes him just eating. Think about it. I don't know how men do it or lesbian girls do it. I just can't imagine just using my jaw so much, licking you up and down, and you still not come? Oh, okay. I'm hitting you right now. <laughs> I'm hitting you. 
like, well, the equivalent to that for me, of course, is sucking dick, right? I It's not like I get annoyed if the guy I'm sucking the dick of <laughs> is not pleased. It's just like, okay, what are we doing? I... <laughs> Are you one of the guys who don't get off, you know, while getting his dick sucked? Or are you more of a penetration guy? Like, what, what's going on? I'm going with Boston Bay. He he was just such a hard-ass nigga. Just, just a nigga for no reason. Well, I guess that's just how you turn out when you're, your dad's a dope, a dope head. But he was a nigga. And he was hard to let his guard down. So I think oftentimes the guys who have this hard-on, this gangsta portrayal, they're not so quick to come via oral sex. But guys who are more of, like, relaxed, maybe jokey, silly type of niggas, oh, they're going to come as soon as, you put, as soon as you put your tongue in their mouth, in their, in their dick. And, um, anyway, yeah, so back to Leprechaun Bay. <laughs> so he's eating me out for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm just laying there like, what do I need to do to get myself off? Because this nigga ain't helping. So I'm like, okay, let me, you know, touch my clit. You know, play, play, play with that little button. <laughs> let me think about, what niggas could I think about? Uh, one nigga from undergrad who I like. You know, let me think about Trey songs. Let me think about Idris Elba. Like, Denzel still. I was still thinking about Denzel. <laughs> His old ass. I didn't think about everybody else but you. The one who is eating me out currently. Let me think about everybody else but you. Okay? Look, I say all of this to say... <laughs> what, what's the time we got? Hold on. Let me just... Okay, I say all this to say, listen to your body. <laughs> Let's get back to Derek Jackson real quick. I go on these tangents because they add levity to what I'm saying, and I hope this is understanding to those who are listening. So thank you for listening. Um, but when I think about like, you know, when we're not attached to our body, you know, when we don't honor it, when we don't recognize or listen to it, we end up in marriages, in relationships, in friendships that do not serve us. We end up in these situations quieted, silenced, because we feel like, oh, well, this is what looks good. And for many Christian girls and young women, many Christian girls and Christian young women, we are raised to believe that we are attached to this identity of a wife, of a girlfriend. And, he w- and Leprechaun Bay was my way of becoming a wife. Imagine if I, oh my, if I would have met, I would have, I know me. And sure, I wasn't, the 30-year-old Maxine wasn't all the way who I am now then, right? So the 23-year-old Maxine then was not fully formed into who I am now, but trust and believe, I would have gotten the fuck out of that marriage. I remember when he met my parents. I invited him to meet my parents. Mind you, this happened so early. 
so early because I was so fixated on this could be my husband. This is my husband. This is my husband. This is my husband. So I want to say after date two, y'all, he met my, I, I invited him to meet my parents. And this was to my accord. I was the one who, who wanted this to happen. It wasn't like he was forcing me. <clears throat> so he comes to meet my parents with this full on three tailored suit on, just a fucking force. And I think about that now, like, what the fuck were you wearing? <laughs> He's wearing a three-piece suit, nigga. What are you, are you walking in a wedding? You're just meeting my parents. And I understand it's a formal, sure, it's a formal event. And, and he's Haitian, right? My parents, like, we're Haitian background. Haitian, Haitian, Haitian. So respect is everything. Honoring your parents. Coming correct. Presentation is important. But no, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't ever meet my parents in a three-piece suit again. <laughs> okay? And he brought a bouquet of flowers. And not just, actually, yeah, a bouquet of flowers with the vase. So it was a prepared display. It was just such a fucking force. That's what it was. But this was him doing what he needed to do to, to capture me. His part of this love bonding, love bombing phase in the initial stages with a narcissist. Um... So he meets my parents, they're talking, and we end up talking about the topic of marriage. And because my mom wants to know, my both my parents wants to know, you know, want to know, what's your intentions with my daughter? You know, do you want marriage? And he was older, than, he's older than me. So at the time, I think he's eight years older. So at the time he was 31, I'm 23. And they're wondering, like, how come you're not married? You know, what what happened to you? You know, what's going on with you? And so Leprechaun Bay is just talking about how, like, he's want to make sure it's the right woman. And he sees me as the right woman and is interested in marriage and would love to do, would love to get married. And it's something that he does want for himself. And he's not just in it to just date. He is in it to date to marry and um let's break off of that real quick because that's another good point here when you are a christian girl and a christian young woman you're raised to believe that you date to marry and though sure that may be a goal for many people many people may want to get married let me tell you something about me y'all that's never been a goal for me. <laughs> Not to say I don't want marriage. It's to say that I haven't been exposed to positive examples of marriages. And it's hindered me enough to be afraid of going that route. And I realized, even at the time, that fear has been just such a, a contributing factor as to why I never really allowed myself to fantasize about marriage and all of that. That's never really been, I've never been that girl. I never really thought about, oh, my my wedding day is going to be like this. I never really gave that much thought. I always just thought about, like, I just want to be happy in a relationship. I just want to be happy. And when it leads to marriage, let it be done naturally. I don't want to be forced into it. I don't want to force my my man to 
to marry me. I want it to just happen naturally. I, I, ultimately, I just want the foundation to be strong, to be happy, to be filled with love so that marriage just feels natural. That's was, that was always and still is my mindset when it comes to marriage and relationships. So, yeah, there was never this idea of just date, just fucking date, just get to know niggas, figure out what you like, figure out what works for you. Instead, there's this pressure. There's this pressure taught to Christian girls and Christian young women to date to marry, to give it two dates and you should know if he's your husband. Do you want to marry him? Like, I don't even know his last name. What's your last name again? I don't even know what you like to eat. I don't even know. I don't know. And yet there's a, there's such a pressure put on Christian girls and Christian young women to marry prematurely. And it's really about prematurely of who they are, of their identity, of their fullness as a woman you know when we are married before we know who we are before we know our identity before we know what makes us us it's really a disservice to you to your partner to your upcoming children like I just think before you get married you should really be in tune with who you are you should know yourself fully no one else should tell you about who you are you should know yourself you should be completely confident who you are you should actually what i would also like too is you should accomplish more dreams that you have for yourself more goals that you have for yourself prior to getting married because so often i've seen women get married and they just lose themselves and that was really my fear about marriage. Like, damn, I don't want to lose myself. I want to, and that's why, like, singlehood and independence was always something I love. I love watching Sex in the City and different shows that showed living single. That I'm watching that right now again on Hulu and just, like, remembering, wow, I used to love the show when I was a kid. But, like, I would watch these shows and I would get so happy seeing young black or just white women too but young single women or even you know in their 30s still young young women living life according to their terms living life with this freedom with this with this goal <sighs> that attracted me so much rather than living life to be someone's wife because i just always saw it in, in a negative light so anyway he's talking about marriage to my parents and he's saying how he does want to get married and he sees me has a great potential to, to do that, right? Basically, you know, give or take, those type of words. And he's like, when he gets married, he doesn't believe in divorce. And he is not getting married to get a divorce. And my parents are nodding. They're like, yeah, that's that's a great answer. Like, like they're really feeling him. They're impressed. And I'm sitting there, and something just clicked in my head. Like, huh? I'm like, so I responded. Mind you, I did not prepare to say this. I didn't think the conversation, I mean, naturally, of course, a conversation could lead to the marriage talk. You know, you're introduced to my parents. They want to know your, your intentions, sure. But 
in that moment, I just felt this need to speak the fuck up. So I'm finally finding opportunities to use my voice in this relationship. And I said, you know, well, I don't see, you know, when I do get married, I'm not necessarily going into a marriage to divorce. But divorce will be an option if need be. <laughs> divorce! You know what comes to my mind every time I think about divorce is that scene from Brown Sugar where Tay Diggs is like, we're, we're, we're getting ready to celebrate my divorce. <laughs> every, yo, I love that movie. Every time it comes on, I know every line. I have to watch it. The girl is mine. Gotta get a, gotta get that bitch a person like that's a single. Yo, okay. My divorce. I will get the fuck. I will go sign the papers and get on with my life. I will not. Cause again, I've seen too many marriages still to this day. To this day. Of Husband and wife still in this marriage, in this loveless marriage, loveless. Can we just emphasize on that? Why am I with you if I don't love you? Why are we together legally bound, spiritually bound, according to the confinements of marriage? And there is no love. The love is gone. The love is lost. It's over. We've exhausted many routes, many options to bring this love back, but the love is gone. Sometimes this love just goes the fuck away. And I don't think we understand that enough. We just think, oh, well, of course we will think that because, you know, the vows that we take to our partner, you know, for till death do us part, till divorce do us part, nigga. My divorce! Like, I'm, I'm gonna get a divorce! <laughs> But the point is, I'm not saying um, married to divorce. It's not what I'm saying, obviously. But it's about recognizing that this is an option. I will not be trapped. And I'm using that word purposefully here because it is a trap. If I'm in this marriage because, well, we said we're going to get married. And I'm, and I'm hurt. And I'm in pain. And I'm not happy. I come home to you and I just don't feel joy. I'm looking to find happiness and peace elsewhere because I cannot find it with you in this marriage. I'm getting a fucking divorce. I'm getting a divorce. So, you know, there's this um, idea of what a good Christian girl look like, you know, a, what a good Christian girl looks like, what a good Christian young woman looks like, someone who is long-suffering, someone who has to suffer in the name of Jesus because Jesus suffered, why won't you? He laid, he laid down on the cross. Easter's coming up. We know he's risen, but he laid down on the cross for you. Now you have to bear your cross. You have to take on this burden because Jesus took on a burden. Therefore, as a believer of Christ, you will have a burden and you'll be long-suffering. And this is just what it is. And I find that to be very toxic. 
I find it to be actually abusive, spiritually abusive. And I'm not putting up with that. I think happiness is just as important as anything else, right? You need financial wealth, not just, but wealth has in just like, you're able to take care of yourself. You're able to live in this world that we are in. Financial wealth, you, you know, peace, health. Happiness is a part of that. We should pursue happiness. We should pursue the people, the experiences, the conversations, the things, the activities that bring us happiness rather than sticking in a marriage that is suffering, that is insufferable. You with somebody and you just can't stand them? What are we doing? And I'm not staying for the kids. I'm not, fuck these kids. Hello? I'm not staying for the dog. You can take the cat. I'm getting the fuck out. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to take it left a little bit. Suicide is real. Suicide is fucking real. And I'm saying this with love and care, but I'm saying this in a way that many people myself included is not not to please don't message me on some woe is I'm not trying to get any woe is me type of thing but I've been in situations not just like relationship type of level but like where I would just think of hmm I wonder how it would feel to be gone I wonder how it would feel to not be in this world anymore if I was elsewhere you know and it's not it's just it's not to say that I've <clears throat> or that I necessarily know someone directly who may have taken those actions literally, but it's to say that those thoughts come about. A lot of people have suicidal ideations, and that's exactly what they are. You have these thoughts of or these dreams or these fantasies of, huh, if I were to fall. <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> and I happen to, to just jump in front of this truck that's driving right now. How would life be for me on the other side? Because this suffering, this long suffering that I'm experiencing, right, as a Christian, as a woman in this world, as a black woman, all these labels, right, as a Democrat. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But... All of these experiences that we have in this world, and if we continue to suspend our happiness, suicide is an option for a lot of folks. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I want us to be able to live in this world in the time that we have to live in this world and live in it in fullness. Live in it with happiness, with joy, with peace. You should wake up every day and be happy. I'm not saying every, you know, every moment you're you're ecstatic, you're in good good spirits. Sure, you will have a bad day because no one noticed you at your job and your efforts that you're putting in. Sure, you're stressed about this this bill that's coming up and you have to you have this unexpected expense that you have to cover. Sure, your kid is mad at you because you didn't want to let him go to this this after school party. Sure, you know, the stressors of everyday life is a factor and it affects our mood. 
Absolutely. But our happiness needs to remain somehow, right? Our happiness needs to be at the base and could be um, open, could be experienced easily if we wanted it to. You know, our happiness shouldn't feel like something so far away from us, so unattainable because, well, this is just how the world is. This is just life. This is not okay. So I think about like, just the way that many of us who grew up in the church, who grew up in households that did not experience joy or happiness or did not experience an opportunity to have that and instead idolize this long-suffering wife, this long-suffering person, this long-suffering Christian because that is the life that God and Jesus wants for you. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Um, so yeah, uh, fuck Derrick Jackson. <laughs> and primarily because, and it's not even on the cheating thing. Because I just think like, whatever. It's a whole different conversation. But like, I think with him, it's just about like this, the way that he's, clearly treating her in my perspective is this he's stifling her she can't fully experience happiness and joy because she is stifled in this marriage and that's where my fuck him goes i never really was into guys especially black men (laughs) that's the end of the sentence no i'm kidding No, no no i never really was into black men Telling black women how to live their life. Telling them how to get a black man. How to keep a black man. Mind you, when I was younger, I did buy that Steve Harvey book and I read it. How to think like a lady. No, think like a man. Act like a lady, whatever. Act like a lady, think like a man. I read that. Because at the time, again, I was 23. I was younger. I was then... And I was so fixated on how to get a man. My identity is intertwined with getting a man, with being in a relationship, with becoming a wife. So there is a huge target audience for this rhetoric. And ever since I've grown apart from that mindset, I never was attracted to a Derek Jackson and his rhetoric and him standing up, women, you gotta know your work. You're like, shut up. I'm not talking to anybody who wears a muscle t-shirt and his head is just shrinking. You're not, I'm not attracted to you. Okay? I just love who the fuck I am right now. I really do. And it's, I give grace to the girl, to the young woman I was. And it's not to say I didn't have great abilities and or, you know, traits about myself when I was 23, 25, 21, 19, all these other, you know, younger ages. It's just to say that it's a blessing to evolve. It's a blessing to not be trapped in a mindset that you realize no longer serves who you are or didn't really serve who you are. It served you for the moment, for the time being, right? I was in a world, I was in Boston that in an environment, in a circle, in a bubble 
that all thought the same. And though I was always this outspoken outspoken person, I still felt limited within a box. So moving to Houston has been just an amazing journey. Child, let's just listen to this, uh, his live conference. Did I play that yet? Let me, let me play it right now. But the truth is, and I'm saying it here now, is that Derek Jackson was involved with other women outside the marriage. And by involved, I want to be clear, I'm not talking about just casually kicking it, maybe a lunch or something like that. I'm talking about as serious as sex, um, to sexual flirtation and, and meeting up and that kind of thing. And some things that otherwise may be considered okay by some in terms of like just chatting or, or checking on people or being checked on by people that I've had a previous encounter with. Uh, but without my wife's knowledge of it and with us having a sexual history, all of it falls under the umbrella of inappropriate cheating. What? <laughs> I never, and another reason why I never really was attracted to him is I hated the way he talked. And he always sounded like he had a dry mouth. Nigga, do you drink water? All the muscles you have in your arm? Do you drink water? Are you hydrated? Why are you talking like... Like that. Like he has only... Like he only has gums. And I hated his lips. It's too damn thin. And I just... I didn't like... I was not attracted to him. One thing about me... I I know... Now that I'm into with my body... I know when I'm not attracted to somebody... Okay, and I know when I am attracted to somebody. Hello? Um, but, okay, so that, that was his press conference, his seven-minute IG Live press conference. And he gives clarity. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. <laughs> he wasn't clear. There was not one point in this, in this delivery was he clear. He talks a lot. One thing about a red flag for me is someone who talks a lot. Look, am I, I talk a lot, right? I do talk a lot. But who talks a lot but doesn't really say much, that's what I think about when I think about Derek Jackson. He's, some, he's someone who, okay, he knows words. He knows how to place them in order that will garner a specific reaction, right? One of, one of acceptance, But as far as really being genuine and meaningful with what he's saying, I don't get that from him. Okay? And that's the difference between me and him because I mean what the fuck I say. (laughs) So, yes, I talk a lot. But sometimes I do. Sometimes I, well, most of the time I do talk a lot, but sometimes I'm I'm quiet. Um, But with someone like him, he, he sounds good, right? Oh, my gosh. He knows words. A black man who knows words and he has muscles. I understand how he was so widely accepted and revered by black women. We have been his target audience for how long? So, of course, it makes sense for him to be as successful as he is. He still is. Um, because he looks like the part, right? He, he's smart. He, he knows how to articulate himself. You know, he he works out. He doesn't have a gut. He doesn't have a dad bod, and he's a dad. He doesn't look like a dad. I never was into muscly type of men. That shit is so unattractive to me. What are you doing? Why is your head shrinking? You have too many muscles. Like, there should be a limit, I feel like. 
You should not be able to pick up any bars because your muscles are to the limit. It's maxed the fuck out. So what what are we doing? He is trash. There is really not much else I need to say about this because I've said it enough. And again, it goes back to the church. (laughs) But it just ultimately, the message that I want to share with everyone is that live your life. Live your life according to how you want to live it. Not according to what you think it needs to be lived. You know, not according to what the church says not according to what your parents say and there's really no disrespect to any anyone else right it's no just you you do your part right of course you want to please your your caretakers your your parents your your siblings your your church and sure you spent a good majority of your life doing so but at some point in your life when are you living it for yourself when are you pursuing your own happiness because ultimately no one can make you happy but yourself you can marry the the attractive guy, or maybe not attractive guy, but he looks good on paper. You can marry that guy. You could have these children. You could have the great, successful, reputable job. But are you doing these things? Are you in this role because you wanted to be in it? Or are you doing it because... It was the life that someone else wanted for you. Are you happy? What? Sit, sit down and ask yourself, are you happy? Are you happy with the life that you have? Are you happy with the choices that you made? Are you happy with the relationships that you're in? Are you happy? We need to talk to ourselves. We need to talk to ourselves and really evaluate our life, our life choices. I have a friend, well, I don't know, I mean, we're, we're not beef, you know, we're not beefing, but we were much closer when we were younger. And, you know, just grow apart. People just grow up, grow apart, but we never had an argument or anything as far as, like, an ending to our friendship. So, yeah, she's a friend, sure, whatever. <laughs> Um, she got married, like, last year, a few months ago. This girl is so much of the same person I knew she was when we were younger. And what I mean by that is, she has, I remember one time, like, it was years after our childhood, and we're in our adulthood we're in our careers. I'm in like it was like my mid my mid twenties. We go out just the two of us for drinks. Or not really drinks. We went out to a restaurant. And I just I felt like and although I was out so let's say I was twenty five at the time, she was she's my age. Yeah, she's twenty five, twenty six. Um, at the time. I'm thirty now. And I was sitting with her, just the two of us, and the way that she would talk, the way that she would respond to whatever I'm saying made me realize that, wow, she is still that 15, 14, 16-year-old girl that I knew many years ago. 
and some people say that with endearing, right? With endearing thoughts, like, wow, you're the same, you, you're the same pure-hearted girl, no, 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 right? You know, you're the same thoughtful and caring person I always knew you were. No, what I'm saying, and she's a nice girl, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is she is the same mentally. She, she is the same maturity-wise. There was this arrested development that I realized that she has. She didn't age. She just got older. She didn't adult. She didn't experiment. She didn't fuck. She was still a virgin, which is fine. I mean, I know I virgin shamed in early episodes of this podcast. I understand. I know I had a podcast. <laughs> I forgot which episode it was. It was a, or those who know what episode I'm talking about, y'all know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> there was a previous episode I was talking about like, if you're 27 and you haven't had sex yet, don't talk to me. Don't say anything. Don't give me your opinion about anything. I don't want to hear it. You haven't lived. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. That's not fair. Because people have their respective beliefs. Fine. But with her, she never had any experience, any sexual experience, any dating, any romantic experience. She wasn't like, not like she was dating someone and both of them were waiting till marriage. Or I just think there is a lack of maturity. And let's just be honest here. There's a lack of maturity that is had with someone who is still a virgin. There's a lack of emotions and, and mental gymnastics that you experience because you have yet to cross that threshold. And that's just what it is. It's not to say that you're this dumb person who is incapable of maintaining a job, a career, because you haven't had to. No, it's just there is a lack of emotional depth that you have yet to reach because you haven't passed this threshold yet. You haven't made it past this point. So, of course, you're going to be at point A, and I'm over here at point D, you know, talking about these fuck niggas, and you don't know what a fuck nigga is. You haven't fucked. What? What are we? Hello? Hello? Is this on? You haven't fucked. I remember when I was talking to her, and I was, like, talking about this guy I had sex with, and I was just, I was just talking. Like, I wasn't even being, like, I don't know. Like, I don't. When I talk, I'm not trying to be extra. I'm not trying to be controversial with my words. I'm just sharing my experiences. <laughs> I'm just sharing my thoughts, okay? And I'm sharing these thoughts and these experiences that I've had just like casually in conversation. And she's just like, oh, a gasp. She's sitting there like, oh my gosh, I forget that we're in our 20s now. And of course, you know, we will have sex now. And I'm like, wait. And I said her name. I'm about to say her name right now. I'm like, wait, are you are you still a virgin? She's like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. And you know, I'm immediately like not trying to be judgmental, not trying to hurt her feelings by making her feel bad about it, you know, whatever. But it just clicked because it made sense that she didn't react maturely when I would talk about niggas. <laughs> she would just be like, oh, just very bashful. And so, yeah, so she got married. <laughs> this bitch got married. <laughs> I think to myself, like, damn, maybe I should be a bashful girl. <laughs> maybe I should. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, so she got married a few months ago. And when I found out that she got married, I was actually just like, huh. I wasn't really happy about it. 
Like, sure, she looked happy in the pictures, and she would talk about marriage to me, how she just wants to get married, she just wants to get married. Like, her, a lot of times, Christian girls and Christian young women would think about marriage as their way out, when it's not. It's not your way out. Your way out is your way out. It's not going into something else that is intended to be, you know, long-term. That's not a way out. But a lot of times, Christian girls and Christian young women think of marriage this way. So when I saw that she got married, I was just like, oh, really? And not even on some hater shit. And it's really not about being hater. Like, it's not. It's just I don't recommend women getting married before knowing their own selves. I don't recommend women getting in long-term relationships after long-term relationships after long-term relationships and they never sat with themselves. They never went out on a date with themselves. They never figure out what made them tick. They never explored a hobby. They never traveled alone or even just with folks, but they never did things. They never did things. They only want to get married. Marriage is not your way out. So when she got married, I was just like, oh, this is not, not whatever, cool, I'm happy for you, this is what you wanted, cool. But I did not look at it as something inspiring. Again, not no hater shit. <laughs> um, child, I'm going to end it here. There was other things I want to talk about, but let's go ahead and wrap it up. I appreciate every listen. Thank you, anyone who reach out with a comment, with feedback, I invite that. I want to continue the conversation out, you know, after the episode ends. So if you want to reach out to me, you could follow God Built This Pod on Instagram. And you can follow my personal page at Heymamore, H-E-Y-M-A-M-O-R-E, and continue this conversation. Marriage is in the way out. Okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.